BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Good morning. Welcome to Just the News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield and so glad you're here. Well, to start things off, we're going to do it the right way to let you know that today is National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. Combining chocolate and cream cheese has long been a favorite in the bakery. When it's added to a brownie recipe, the results are spectacular. The brownie has been around since the 1800s, but was first documented in 1906 in the Boston Cooking School cookbook. So two great things. What is not to love here? Cream cheese and brownies. Combine them. Mwah. Magnifique. Uh, I'm going to have to order a bunch here to give to the office to celebrate this amazing day. If you're celebrating it, shoot me a photo at Carrie Sheffield and we will share it on the show. All right, we're going to get into impeachment coverage, all things impeachment, because this is a very historic day. Today is the proceedings. Yesterday was the very first day, and today it's going to continue. Yesterday, there was a debate in the Senate about whether or not this second impeachment trial of President Trump is constitutional or not. Now, Senator Rand Paul last week had forced a vote to see how senators felt about whether this was constitutional or not, and 45 Republican senators said no. Nope, this is not constitutional. You can't prosecute a president after he or she has left office. Well, it turns out that after yesterday's opening statements, only one Republican senator seemed to be swayed by the proceedings. This was Senator Bill Cassidy, a Republican from Louisiana. He said he was trying to be as impartial as possible. He looked and listened to both sides. He listened to see what the Democrats had to say, Jamie Raskins. Uh, and so he said at the end, I am going to proceed to vote because he said that he thought that Trump's trial uh, team lawyers weren't as strong and didn't present a case that it was constitutional uh, or unconstitutional, and so he said he was going to flip his vote. Well, joining me to discuss this is a co-chair of Black Voices for Trump in the 2020 campaign, and she's also a dynamic radio host, and I've been a privilege to be on her show. Her name is Stacey Washington. Good morning, Stacey. Hey there, Stacey. Uh, I can't actually hear you. Oh, uh, so Stacey, um, we are going to come to you in just a second. We're having audio issues, but I want to first put up on screen for folks a letter here or an article from Project 21, of which you're a member. It's, it's a network of black conservatives, and it was written by David Almasi, and it says that black conservatives are questioning the impeachment motives. With the Senate impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump set to begin and a second attempt to remove him from office after he's actually left office, go figure, members of the National Center's Project 21 Black Leadership Network have spoken out against the congressional action as, quote, just political payback based on, quote, zero evidence. Stacy, you there? Yes. Hi, so, Carrie. Good morning. Great to good have morning. you. So, Stacy, what was your read on the proceedings yesterday, first of all? Do you think that the president's lawyers were strong enough? Well, I mean, it's it's difficult to get good help when your personal life is threatened and your family is threatened and you have this uh, attitude among 
the legal profession where they, they're literally told, you take cases with the president, you'll never work again. So the president has the best legal team that he was able to get under the circumstances. And I think they did pretty well. Um, the issue here really isn't even about their presentation or defense of the facts. The issue is, will the Democrats be able to garner two-thirds majority vote in order to convict the president? The entire exercise is one of futility and utter madness because he's no longer the president. And the decision about whether or not he should run again in 2024 or any date after that is the decision of the American people. Americans know how to uh, you know, recultivate and continue a relationship with a candidate or to dump off a candidate. We've seen many times in the history of this country since the founding where popular individuals at one moment in time have later come back to run again and floundered and failed, and others have come back and been victorious. So the idea that President Trump should be censured and that the decision should be made in the Senate, that the Senate is the governing body that decides for 330 million Americans whether or not someone can run for the presidency, um, based on really facts are not in evidence that he incited anything under the constitutional definition of incitement, it's just ludicrous. And I, I think Americans are really upset that they were promised things, a $2,000 check, uh, you know, Carrie, I'm a conservative. I don't believe in the government paying us to live or, or giving us an income to sustain ourselves. The best stimulus is reopening the economy. But promises were made. Uh, Joe Biden said it. There's a mashup video out there of all of them campaigning on giving $2,000 checks immediately upon winning office. Raphael Warnock, he said, he, we're, we're going to get those checks into your hand. Now they have office. They've gotten what they wanted. And they are obsessed with President Trump. They want to keep his name in their mouths. They want to keep his face in the American people's eyes on screens and on televisions. And so that's what they're doing. And it's really Trump derangement syndrome on steroids. But, you know, there it is. Well, it's interesting that just uh, to your point on the stimulus checks that I've heard from a lot of conservatives that, yes, they agree with you. They're not about giving, quote unquote, free money because there's nothing free in this world. But that when the government is the one who's shutting you down and shutting down your business and your livelihood, then the government should do something to help compensate for that. That's the argument I've heard from some conservatives. But aside from that, the the case yesterday, the Republicans, do you think they could have done more to be stronger to say, uh, hey, there's a lot of evidence that Democrats used very similar rhetoric, that they, in some cases, were inciting violence, whether it's Maxine Waters or Cory Booker or other examples, Ilhan Omar cheering on the man who assaulted Senator Rand Paul, and then also Nancy Pelosi questioning the legitimacy of President Trump's election, things like that. Do you think that they could have come out swinging more? Um, certainly. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, it's really, it's actually difficult for them because they have all of us especially in news media and radio as we are, where we hear all of the clips, we watch all the videos. This is what we do all day, every day, as we talk to people, we interview people, and we review the facts in hand. Um, these lawyers are dealing with the constitutional issues, and they're also dealing with the actual venue where they're located, which is in the Senate, which is a hostile venue to them because the Democrats control that chamber. And so just like yesterday, they were scheduled to appear, the Trump's attorneys were scheduled to appear in a certain order, and the Democrats reversed it. So they threw them off because they don't want them on, at the top of the game. Mm. So Real quick, Stacey, on the issue of Black History Month, Black History is American history. Do you support Black History Month? Oh, certainly. Um, I mean, I, so if I had my way, Black History would be just plain all American history, and we wouldn't have to have a month for it. Um, to, to highlight it. But since we do have a month, I certainly support it. 
Um, and I think it's a great time for us to talk about what brings us together and makes us stronger as Americans. Black Americans are a part of this country. We are a unique people group to America. And we are more closely related to whites here in America than we are to people in Africa. All right. Stacey Washington, thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned. We have Mark Hemingway from Real Clear Politics coming up next. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey there, good morning and welcome back here to Just the News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield and glad that you're with us. We love viewer feedback. Every day I send out a tweet asking a question of the day and here's what you said. So my question said, what advice would you give to Trump's impeachment trial team? And we had a Trump surrogate, Bruce Lavelle, to talk about it. And here's what Vincent Troiano said. He said, put as much of the fraud as possible into the public record. So he's talking about the voter fraud. He says that they should use this excuse uh, or this platform to show about voter fraud. Uh, we're not talking about that anymore because we're talking about impeachment. T. Ray Henry says, sit there. Don't cross-examine anyone. Call no witnesses. Rest. Go to the vote. Not enough votes to convict. Go home. Collect your money. Case closed. We move forward. This entire charade is a sham. I think T. Ray Henry speaks for a lot of people who support President Trump. They agree that this really isn't going anywhere and it's more a political gesture. All right, we also heard from debunker-in-chief who says, yeah, just play the hour-long tape of Democrats inciting Antifa and BLM radicals. We expect that there might be some of that happening of playing some hypocrisy by the part of Democrats. But joining me to discuss the impeachment trial is Mark Hemingway. He's a senior writer for Real Clear Investigations and also my fellow fellow with the Robert Novak Fellowship. Good morning, Mark. Hey, glad to be here. So, Mark, what's your read on what happened with the first day yesterday? Well, obviously, you know, uh, Trump's team was, I think, getting their sea legs, as it were. Um, I, I don't think anyone quite knew what Democrats were going to do um, um, on the first day. And obviously, a lot of what Democrats did basically amounted to an emotional appeal involving the outrage over the Capitol. Um, you know, of course, that's fine. This is ultimately a political process. And you might well do the same thing in the court of law. But I do think that the emotionalism uh, of all of this and, and the, the, the frustration a lot of Trump supporters feel with how, you know, Democrats' attacks on him have been driven by things other than process uh, are, are definitely coming into play here. Mm, interesting. And as far as the emotion you mentioned, do you think that the Republican side or the Trump side could have done more to tap into the emotion of kind of showing the hypocrisy here? As, as one of the commenters mentioned, that you had some rhetoric here. Um, I have a piece just looking at the, uh, you know, the, the long list of, of ways that Democrats have said things, not only challenging electoral results, but also saying things that if you're interpreting it literally could be provoking violence. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question there's a double standard when it comes to incitement rhetoric. Um, you know, we've seen this play out repeatedly. We saw that the way that Sarah Palin was blamed for the shooting of Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, when, you know, her rhetoric was, you know, had clearly had nothing to do with it, never mind that the shooter, um, it, it, there was no evidence that he'd even seen anything that Sarah Palin had ever done or said. Um, you know, similarly, you know, we had Steve Scalise, you know, shot up on a baseball field not far from where I'm sitting right now. 
Uh, and the shooter wrote fairly coherent op-eds, you know, about him being motivated by Democratic policy proposals. So there's definitely a double standard here. Um, but, you know, regardless, if you, even if you think Trump bears some degree of culpability for January 6th, it's very hard to um, get Republicans to go along with that, considering the way that Democrats have already poisoned the well over the first time around. Well, and we even saw Nancy Pelosi saying in 2017, when President Trump won, we got a tear out of that. She said, our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. Do you think there's a double standard here when it comes to questioning electoral results? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were multiple, I forget how many congressmen, but there were several congressmen that objected to certifying the 2016 results. Um, ironically enough, that was a, a session in Congress that, that Joseph Biden presided over himself uh, as, a, as a vice president at the time. Um, so this, is, this has been a long time coming. You know, Democrats are very upset that Trump allegedly was violating norms, never mind that they've been violating those same norms for a long time, and I don't think anybody's covered in glory here. Uh, so, Mark, we're putting up on screen a headline from you, Hiding Biden, How Democrats Crafted the First Impeachment Helping Defeat Trump in 2020 with Media Help. You said the first impeachment failed to oust Trump from office, but it helped secure the White House for Biden. It shielded him from scrutiny, enabling him and his supporters to cast allegations during the campaign about dubious Biden family business ties as rehashed Trumpian conspiracy theories. So what was the biggest takeaway sort of that our viewers might be surprised that you found from this investigation? Well, you know, this was an interesting piece because a lot of what I was doing here wasn't even necessarily like uncovering new things. It was really just, you know, establishing what had happened because the media did such a bad job of just laying out a clear timeline of events that led to the first impeachment. Um, you know, and, and it speaks to what's happening now in an important way. For one thing, people forget there were three impeachment votes before Democrats got around to impeaching him the first time. And all of those were on completely spurious charges, ranging from the firing of James Comey to Trump disrespecting NFL players who refused to stand for the anthem. That was an actual impeachment charge that, you know, dozens of Democrats in the House voted. Um, and then we get to the impeachment process itself. Sorry, the first impeachment process itself is run by Adam Schiff, and he does everything secretively. All of the witnesses were deposed in such a way, well, all of the witnesses except one were deposed in such a way that um, they, they, their testimony was given in secret and Republicans were not allowed to publicly talk about what was said to these witnesses under questioning afterwards. I mean, impeachment is supposed to be one of our most solemn processes for holding Democratic officials accountable. And yet this was done in a completely non-transparent fashion, completely poisoned the well with congressional Republicans and made it so Americans felt like the process was politicized and they still feel that way now, clearly. Mm -hmm. I want to go through a couple more headlines, just because you mentioned the media in your piece. Just how the media seems to be completely in a different universe when it comes to covering the, the rhetoric of Democratic politicians. So USA Today covered what uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar did. She shared a tweet mocking Rand Paul's attack. No wonder he ripped his to pay off. This was his neighbor who assaulted Senator Rand Paul, broke six of his ribs, and caused him to have some of his lung removed. And she was was cheering this on. The Washington Free Beacon headline here, 
Booker, this is Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, a Democrat. He's telling activists to, quote, get up in the face of some Congress people. Again, if you're interpreting this, this is getting up in the face. This is physically intimidating a member of Congress. In Real Clear Politics, your outlet, you reported about Eric Holder, and he said this is Obama's former attorney general. He said, when they go low, we kick them. And he said that's the way the new Democratic Party is, and he's proud as hell to be a Democrat to kick the opponent when they go low. So, and later on, Eric Holder said, oh, he went on Twitter and he said, oh, you know, spare me the, the tears here. You know I was just speaking metaphorically here. But, you know, why is it that Democrats, it seems in the media, the media is not asking these questions about Democrats when they use this type of rhetoric? Well, the joke is now that uh, other, other countries have a state-run media. In the U.S., we have a media-run state. Um, I mean, Democrats get away with a lot of this stuff simply because, you know, their more absurd characterizations aren't go completely unchallenged. And when they make, you know, really bold attempts that, you know, to, you know, affect political outcomes that fly in the face of fact, it's basically frictionless because no one in the media is ever pushing back. Meanwhile, you know, Republicans can say benign things and somehow that gets inferred with the least charitable interpretation sort of by default. Um, this quote from Maxine Waters that you just put up on the screen, it's worth noting that um, I figured there was a Twitter account that's devoted to um, um, holding Andrew Cuomo to account and has criticized a lot of his actions. Um, and they tweeted out a, a paraphrase of that All exact right. Maxine Waters yeah. quote. No. All right, and Mark, we got to run. Thanks so much, Mark Hemingway. We'll be right back. More about guns in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there, good morning, and welcome back to Just the News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield. Glad that you're here with us. So guns are a hot-button issue here in America, and they're hot on TV, so hot that some networks don't want to touch it. Antonia Okafor-Cover is national spokesperson of Gun Owners of America, and she's here to explain what this means. Antonia, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So we just heard that Sinclair, a TV network, is canceling a show called Guns Out TV because, quote, it isn't a good time for a gun show. It appears the decision seems to be made solely for political reasons. The left is controlling the mass media and gun rights aren't something they want to promote, according to John Crump in Ammo Land. So, OK, walk us through what exactly happened with this gun show and what have you heard? Because, you know, the host of the show. Yes, I do know the host. I'm actually a, a correspondent for Gun Owners of America who is sponsoring the show because we've seen great potential for this show and outreach when it comes to, again, the over 8 million new gun owners last year and the majority being African-Americans. You would think that a particularly center-right-leaning uh, broadcast group would want to have an African-American, two African-American co-hosts uh, co-hosts a gun show because of education, right, and our Second Amendment rights. But unfortunately, the people at Sinclair decided to nix the show after the episode that talked about the AR-15 and having an AR-15 and AK-47 on the episode. Strictly educational, fun as well, but, you know, it shouldn't really, really matter. It should be those people should have been 
protecting and also supporting this group of guys and myself um, on the show. But unfortunately, they canceled it instead. They kind of they kind of just uh, bend down to uh, what the left is really pushing, and that's to be anti-gun. Do you think they made this because of commercial pressure? Because we're seeing cancel culture across the board for lots of different reasons, but it tends to be leftist-leaning, in many cases, sponsors and distributors. Do you think Sinclair is filling the pinch commercially, and do you think some of their distributors were maybe threatening them? You know, perhaps. I don't know. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that they shouldn't care. I mean, the, we are going to say that we are conservative, then let's not just be conservative in name only. We have to fight because we have a big fight coming up. You know, we talked about HR 127. That's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what the Democratic anti-gun left really wants to push. And so we need those fighters, particularly in media, to stand up and say, look, this is not only a right that is enshrined in the Constitution, this is a human right. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican or Libertarian. And so, you know, that is why GAOA sponsored this show. And we are our main sponsor because we believe in the show. We believe in the direction it's going because we need outreach on our side. And this is exactly what America is about. And if you're not going to step up to the plate, well, then other places will step up. It's interesting because you mentioned you're a sponsor. So you're going to take your sponsorship dollars and take it over. You just mentioned that the, you just told me that a new network has picked up this program. So you're going to take those sponsorship dollars over to this new network. What is this new network? Yeah, it is Recoil TV. So a Recoil magazine. I'm sure the gun people out there know about Recoil magazine. So they have a network called Recoil TV, and they are super excited to pick up uh, Gun, Out, Gun Outs TV um, coming up soon in the next week. So we'll have all our episodes, including the AR-15, the AK-47 episode, and much, much more coming up. So um, I'm really excited. I'm going to have a segment of my own, particularly highlighting more women. 22% of gun, owner, gun owners are now women, and uh, just you know, getting it all out there. Young, uh, African-American, and, uh, you know, women. So we're really pushing the outreach method on this show, and it's gonna be great. Mm -hmm. And do you think, though, because you're, like I said, you're, you guys have been a sponsor of this, that commercially, that conservatives and the, their dollars, because you're talking about half of the country here, uh, politically speaking, do you think that these dollars are gonna continue to go to new places and, and kind of the old school places are gonna be left behind? Absolutely. I and mean, what we're seeing, I think, a lot on from the broadcast networks and going to, um, you know, places like Newsmax, places like, you know, America's Voice, where they are staying true to the conservative people, the conservative voice. And so we need to step up and we also need to speak out when these quote unquote center right areas or center right broadcast groups don't actually support center-right values. And they really, this should be a center-right thing. This should be a, a human rights value. So we, we need to support people like you guys and your broadcast groups that stay true to our voice. Well, it's, it's in the Constitution right there also. Absolutely. Uh, Constitution, yep. last I checked, was not a partisan thing. But, uh, but let's talk a little bit more about these gun trends. So, yes, the gun sales, they hit a record high in January, and this continues that 2020 surge that you mentioned of a record 8.4 million first-time gun buyers. And a lot of people seem to be concerned about the uh, 
coronavirus pandemic, the economy is stalled, there have been lots of rioting uh, and protests and people burning down and people also upset about, uh, you know, the defund the police movement. What do you think people is driving this? Are people afraid? Is that kind of why they're buying guns? You know, they have, again, every right to buy guns. They don't need a reason. But I do think that a lot of, that's why we have a lot of new gun owners is because we have people that finally realize that guns are not just something that you see on TV or in a movie. Uh, guns are something that can be used with the right person behind it to defend and to pr protect. And so they realized, including my own brother, who's actually a, a Democrat, and realized for the first time, you know what? I think I'm going to invest in a firearm for the first time uh, during COVID because they realized that, look, the police aren't coming. And if you buy the last narrative on, on police, like you were saying, defunding the police, well, then you really do need to de defend yourself and protect yourself. So all of that, a culmination of that, I think, is really what push people who never really thought about buying a firearm at the time or thought they would get it later in the future uh, to realize that it, the time is now. And in the time probably should have been a long time ago before ammo prices and gun prices went up. <laughs> Interesting. So your brother is a Democrat. Do you think that with his gun ownership, is this something that he never thought he would do? Do you think he might be open to voting for a Republican because he's doing new things? You know, one step at a time. I also was just like my brother a few years ago. And so it took the it took the gun rights aspect, really, it did. And so that's why, again, with Guns Out TV, this is an opportunity for outreach to, to get a non-traditional base of people who might have been, you know, very open to the idea of firearms, but were just hesitant to. Oh, and uh, we lost Antonia uh, there, but she was talking about this great surge. And it's interesting because I spoke to not only Antonia, but some other black leaders about this defund the police movement and why we've seen so many black Americans in particular. 50, it was a 56% spike in ownership uh, and purchases among black Americans. So 56% spike in 2020 among black Americans who bought guns. And a lot of the folks I spoke to said in part it was because of defund the police. They say if you're going to take the cop off the corner in a predominantly black neighborhood, we're going to have to protect ourselves. And so they say that, you know, a lot of these tend to be white liberals who are pushing defund the police. They're not the ones who actually have to deal with it when they're left behind when that police is taken off the corner. And so you're seeing from what I've been hearing from folks, that's part of why a lot of black Americans feel like they need to take up arms uh, and protect their families and protect their loved ones uh, and exercise their constitutional right. All right, we'll be right back with Ernest Iztook. He's a former member of Congress to talk about the future of the conservative movement. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there, good morning, and welcome back to Just the News AM. I'm Carrie Sheffield, and glad you're with us. So a lot of people took issue with this video from the Democrat who was leading the impeachment trial yesterday against President Trump. Take a listen to this. We'll talk about it. This is Jamie Raskin. And notice what the editing was. Take a look. We will stop the steal. 
Today, I will lay out just some of the evidence proving that we won this election, and we won it by a landslide. This was not a close election. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Yeah! Take the Capitol! Take the Capitol! Take the Capitol! We are going to the Capitol, where our problems are. It's that direction. And you'll notice that they selectively edited out, walking down to the Capitol, he said, peacefully. So the president, former president, then president at the time, President Trump, said he wanted the followers and the listeners to walk down peacefully to the United States Capitol. That part didn't make it into that montage there from the Democrats in the impeachment trial. Joining me to discuss what happened with the impeachment trial and react to this is Ernest Istook. He's a lawyer and he's a former congressman from the great state of Oklahoma. He's a Republican and a former fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Good morning, Ernest. Good morning. Good to be with you, Carrie. Thanks. So what was your read on that, the fact that they edited it in this way? What was your read overall and what happened with the presentations of the two sides? This is an ancient approach, whether you remember people for what they do that's good or whether you only remember what's bad about them. Uh, think back to Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, uh, where, uh, you know, it's talked about whether you remember the good things about Caesar or the, the bad things. Same, too, with Donald Trump and everything else. There's an effort uh, today in America to get rid of what people say, if it's inconvenient or if it's too effective, by basically canceling them out, saying you don't have to pay attention to them, or only look at the bad things of them. You see this all the time in the media, where they say, so-and-so who once said or once shook hands with someone who had known somebody who had kicked a dog, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, it's the notion of remembering people and judging them only by their negative aspects if they disagree with your political agenda. Because what's happening with the impeachment of Donald Trump is only one symptom of the effort for a dramatic transformation of America, its values and its principles. Well, it's, I'm hearing you talk and I'm hearing of the phrase confirmation bias. We're always looking for something that's going to confirm what you already want to have happen. Let's talk about the, 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 the nuts and bolts of this exactly. So at Justin News, we have a headline. The first vote of the Senate impeachment trial signals that Trump's acquittal is likely to follow. In the first decision of the Senate impeachment trial, 44 Republicans voted to declare the proceedings unconstitutional, signaling the two-thirds majority needed to convict is far from being achieved, and Donald Trump is likely to be acquitted for a second time in 13 months. So you have, you just don't have the numbers here if you're a Democrat. So why are they continuing to proceed with this? Most Americans are not aware that impeachment actually is a two-part mechanism. You have the ability to remove somebody from office, and you also have the ability to disqualify them from holding any federal office in the future. Uh, these are two different things that can be done as part of impeachment. Let me give you an example. There is a member of Congress, Congressman Alcee Hastings from Florida, who was impeached and removed as a federal judge uh, for corruption charges involving uh, bribery and so forth. Yet he then was elected to the United States Congress. He's been a U.S. congressman for now 28 years because although he was impeached and removed, he was not disqualified from holding office in the future. So the effort here is not to remove Donald Trump, because obviously he's already out of office. The effort is to disqualify him in the future from holding office as a way of 
canceling out the ability of someone to compete in the marketplace of ideas. Do you think they might try to do this just as a standalone bill and maybe you know use their procedures that they can get a simple majority, even if Trump gets, uh, he, you know, he doesn't get convicted, he gets exonerated, he's he's voted to not be convicted by the Senate. Do you think the Democrats might then try to do this as a separate bill to ban him from running for office? Well, the the difficulty is the ability to do so because the qualifications for president are established in the Constitution and the impeachment process to either remove someone or disqualify them from holding office in the future requires a two-thirds supermajority in the Senate. Now, I know there are some senators who are out there trying to use some alternative procedure to disqualify Donald Trump in the future, uh, but if they use the impeachment process, it requires the two-thirds supermajority. So let's talk big picture about the conservative movement then. Do you think it would be good, let's say Trump is allowed to run again, do you think it would be good for him to run for president again? Do you think he would win? I think Donald Trump would have a very difficult time winning re-election in the future. Uh, even though he got more votes in his second run than he did in his first run, his first run had the advantage of running against Hillary Clinton. Uh, who was more unpopular than he is, then he found out that those, those roles were reversed when he ran against Joe Biden, and that was used against him. But again, this impeachment effort is part of the sideshow of the big picture of trying to disqualify anybody who does not yield to political correctness. Now, I think for Republicans, Republicans can still celebrate how Trump proved that a low-regulation, America-first government truly enables prosperity. America first is a theme worth keeping because we're an exceptional nation. We're built on proper principles. And you, you don't have to approve of all things Trump in order to appreciate his accomplishments. Nobody should be totally condemned nor totally embraced. But I do think that it would be difficult, given the political environment, for Trump to All run right. again as a viable candidate. All right. We're going to leave it right there. Thanks so much, Ernest Istook. We'll be right back. Live shot from the Capitol. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Good morning and welcome back to Just the News AM. I'm Carrie Sheffield and glad that you're with us. We have a live shot again with us this week. Ben Burkwam, he is on the ground. He's a Real America's Voice contributor there at Capitol Hill. Hey, Ben. Hey, Carrie. Good morning. So set the scene. You were there all day yesterday. What did you notice? What was happening while impeachment was happening? And what are you seeing this morning? Well, yesterday, uh, as you know, all the viewers watched, it was basically parliamentary procedure. We it was the outcome we all expected. I, the irony in all of that, you know, it was it was kind of the the uh, fox garden, the hen house, uh, letting the Democrats decide if what they were about to do was constitutional. I, th I think is kind of ironic. Uh, it seems like that decision. It's uh, there's almost a conflict of interest. That that decision 
uh, should go to a higher court, but obviously that's the decision within the Constitution. That's how it works. And the decision was made. Uh, six Republicans joined the Democrats in saying this was constitutional, but 44 Republicans said it wasn't. And therefore, if they say it's not constitutional, it's a foregone conclusion that then they cannot vote for the impeachment. So basically, from here on out, we're basically wasting taxpayer dollars and time. It's it's basic. It's just a political charade. As far as the uh, the, the, the people on the ground, I actually had a chance to walk the entire perimeter of the barbed wire fence you see behind me. And you know what, the, the I, ben, now, I think, uh, we're ben, calling... I think we've got some, uh, some footage of that too, so I think we'll put that up on screen of, of what you're doing. But walk us through, what did you see yesterday as you were doing this? Well, it's, it's about, I, I would say just uh, estimating, it took me about an hour to get around it, and it's huge. It goes around all the Senate office buildings, the police station downtown here, uh, the congressional office buildings. Uh, it actually excludes, or it goes around the Supreme Court, so you can't get to our, our primary hall of justice, uh, obviously around Congress. And it took about an over an hour to get around the entire perimeter. So I'd say it's about four miles. I haven't actually done the math on it yet. Uh, but interestingly enough, when I got to the end of it, I, I, I posted a, a time-lapse video of it on my Facebook and Instagram, and we'll be posting that on Real America's Voice News as well. Um, I was actually approached by Capitol Police to make sure that I wasn't up to anything nefarious. And, uh, you know, we had a good conversation. I was just saying, I, I want the American people to see what the new congressional tour looks like, because this is the only tour you can get right now. And it's a walk around uh, a, a nice... Uh, we're calling it the Democrat Freedom Fence because under President Trump, it was fascist. But under Democrats, you know, we just changed the words. Uh, we make up new meanings. And so now what was once fascist is now uh, their representation of freedom, I, I suppose. Well, it, it's all about how it makes you feel at the end of the day because your feelings are the most that's, important. That's and right. we saw the same thing that's when right. it came that's down right. to the southern border about the immigration facilities right. where they were kids in cages before, but now they're immigrant right. overflow facilities. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Just like we use sanctuary to protect and harbor uh, criminal illegal aliens in, in states, in lawless, unconstitutional states. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Interviewing folks on the ground, there were about five Trump supporters that we saw uh, that came out with their signs, and we interviewed several of them. I actually spoke to one, a friend of mine, Suzanne Monk, and she said that she tried to contact all of her local, she's a local D.C. resident, and she tried to contact all of her local uh, supporters, conservatives, and they said that they were afraid to come out here because of the show of force and because of what happened on January 6th. So it appears that that fence and the barbed wire is working. It's a deterrent for the First Amendment for free speech, but several people did come out and said they weren't going to be deterred. Uh, they believe that this is unconstitutional. They believe they still want that. Well, the message I kept hearing over and over from the people that did show up yesterday was they still want to see the evidence of voter fraud investigated. They're, you know, they're, they're not saying there was or there wasn't. They're just saying there's enough evidence to at least do the investigation. And that's what they're most disappointed about. They're hoping that President Trump and the attorneys use the 16 hours of their uh, testimony to present the case that they were never able to present to the American people. And so we'll wait and see. We know we've got 16 hours of Democrats, 16 hours of Republicans. Hopefully everyone can stay awake through all of it. Uh, but we'll be, uh, we'll be out here covering it from uh, wall to wall. And what have you heard from Trump supporters about how Trump's team did yesterday? Because we've seen some reports from Republican senators. They weren't that impressed by it. And Politico was reporting that even former President Trump himself was not that pleased, that he wanted them to be more aggressive, that he wanted them to focus more on electoral fraud. What was your sense from people about how the former president's team is doing? 
Uh, the exact same sentiments. It was not uh, Im uh, impressed was not a word I heard used uh, at all uh, in regards to the testimony yesterday. And the hope is that either he scraps these attorneys and gets some some harder hitting ones or these they have something more up their sleeve that they're going to be using in the in the days uh, to follow. Well, and just to, to this, we were mentioning, we were talking during the break about the, the razor wire behind you, which is more potent than, than barbed wire, which you helped educate me about. But this barrier is going to be there at least through mid-March. Do you think it's going to be permanent? Have you, what did you hear from the Capitol Police? Is this going to be the new normal for us? You know, it's interesting. Uh, what we're hearing is through mid-March and at the expense of $500 million of taxpayer dollars, uh, I, I will tell you this, the National Guard troops that I've interviewed, that I've spoke to, none of them are willing to go on camera for obvious reasons, uh, are not happy to be here. They, this is not what they signed up for. This is not what they trained for. Uh, and so, you know, at some point um, you're going to see, I mean, I don't know if you'll see a mutiny, but they're just upset having to be out here. So I don't foresee this going forever. It, it appears to me to simply be a show of force, which is interesting because, like we, we've talked about, you know, Democrats spent four years trying to say President Trump was a fascist, uh, but he never did this. You know, it was, it, but the, the, the first actions that you've seen taken by the Democrats, by Joe Biden, uh, were executive orders that he said were what tyrants do, what dictators do, and this massive fence with barbed wire to keep the people out. And the interesting thing to note is it's not just around the Capitol. Like I mentioned, it's around the Supreme Court and around the White House. So all three halls of, of the, we the people's uh, uh, government, all three branches, of our government are all barricaded to keep we the people out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's an eerie so this analogy, is today. metaphor, I don't know what it's you want to call it. It's America yeah. Today. Thanks, Ben Barakwan. Appreciate it. That's it. Hey there, good morning and welcome back to Just the News AM. I'm Carrie Sheffield. All right, you needed to lighten up a little bit this morning. This had me in stitches. I was laughing so hard yesterday. I think my ribs might have cracked. But this is, uh, you just, uh, I know y'all are, we're all working from home. We're working remote. This was hilarious. So this is one of the, the, the technology fails and it was something that happened over Zoom and it was a district court in the 394th district and this was a judge who was having a very unfortunate moment with technology. Take a look at this. Can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. That's not I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. <laughs> so so that the, the, the cat there uh, that was the cat avatar. This was a Texas lawyer. Uh, his name is Rod Ponton, and he's a Texan lawyer who's practicing down there, and he was pleading his case. I mean, maybe this was part of the tactic to, to get the judge. Who can say no to that cute, adorable little kitten? If you're a judge and you're seeing this lawyer come to plead the case, maybe that was the strategy. Who knows? In any case, he's not a cat. Uh, I hope his assistant got this put together for him so he wouldn't have this. Uh, maybe that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, show up with a cat avatar or I'm taking suggestions. A unicorn. What do you think? Let me know. All right. That does it for me. Stay tuned. War Room is coming up next.